Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. Good morning, everyone. Awesome to be here. Amen. It's like in God's house. It's the best place to be. Um, thank you for receiving us. You know, I just felt at home this morning. Thank you, worship team, and everyone for your preparation. Awkward for the coffee. It was quite. I really appreciate that. Uh, let me just pray before I head off. Father, I just want to ask that you'll open every heart right now, Lord, as we just sang that song, Glorify Your Name, Lord. We, we just want to establish your glory in this place because Scripture says when you are lifted up, you give to us truth and grace, and that's what we need. So, Lord, come and fill this place with truth so that we can be free, Lord, but also grace to overcome every obstacle in this place, Lord. We look to you, and we look to you alone. And thank you, Lord, that you have the keys to our hearts this morning. Um, and not just for us that's new around you, not just for us that's discovering you, but also for those of us that's been around for a while, Lord. Come and unlock those rusty, rusty doors, Lord, so that fresh air can flow, Lord, and that you can speak to us, Lord. God, thank you just for hope this morning to be imparted and for life, Lord. I just sense you want to bring life again, almost like a river that, that's been stale for a while and now the waters is rushing down, Lord. Come and do that in my heart this morning and also in every other heart, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Awesome. I don't have a name ticket, but you can call me Varys. Um, that's right, I pastor the church in Secunda. You should know our church by now because we send a whole lot of people this way. Uh, I've, I quickly did a count. I think Una and, um, and Rudy and Jock, he's a new landed. Yeah, he's the one that got married two weeks ago. And Paul, and you know, we want to see our church as a revolving doors. Um, there's a lot of engineers that comes up, God raises them up, and then we send them up out. And a lot of time we send them this way, but then one of you guys got caught in the door and end up that side. So we want to thank you for Garmu. <laughs> so, um, but if there's more of you that wants to get stuck, uh, please come and help us make disciples. Uh, that'll be so awesome. Uh, we've sent just some background. We've sent a whole lot of leaders the last years, uh, but God is still doing a saving work. So a lot of people coming to Christ. We're quite bottom heavy. So we're praying for more Garmus from all over Shofan, out of the world. I don't care if they come from Afghanistan, but we need people to come and to really help us. At the moment, we're busy in our church with a, with a sermon series at the start of the year um, where we answer a lot of difficult questions. Um, and um, if you want to see what we're doing, you can go and check and download some stuff. But the first week, what we did is we, we went and ventured with Solomon into Ecclesiastes chapter 1, where he basically asked the question, what is the point of life? Um, and it's and it's a very interesting book, Ecclesiastes. Who, who enjoys Predicar? Ecclesiastes is a great book, but you you need to understand where this guy comes from. He he almost takes the position of a philosopher, and then he ventures into these different areas of life to see what life is. But he actually goes for life without God, and then he gives a running commentary of how. The experience of what it tastes like. It's like he goes into these rooms, and then the first room is like the, like a life, and like a, what is the point here? And then he says, but this place is empty, and there's nothing going on here. 
And then in chapter 2, he goes on and he's trying to get joy. He wants, he wants to experience the joy of life and he ventures into different rooms and he, he, he speaks about all these buildings he's built and all the money he has and all the pleasure he can buy for himself. And then he says it's all empty. And we land this morning in chapter 3 where he basically takes the world to court, if you can put it that way. And he's asking, is this world, is this place fair? And as he ventures into these rooms of, of, of life where he tries to ask himself, is life fair or not? He comes back every time and says, it seems like life is very unfair. And so this morning, my title is, why does life seem unfair? And if God can help us through this, how will this sound like? Ecclesiastes chapter 4, Solomon just writes the following. He says, again, I saw all the oppressions. Do we have it on there? Yes. All the oppressions that are done under the sun and behold the tears of the oppressed. And they, and they had no one to comfort them. On the one side, their oppressors, there was power, but there was no one to comfort them. And I thought the dead were already dead, more fortunate than the living who are still alive. And so this morning, if you've got your notebook here or you're making notes, we, we're going to just break this up into three, three parts of the sermon. We're going we're gonna to look firstly at the reality that life is unfair. Let's just settle that. that doesn't, that's not a great place to start, but that's just the truth. Then we're going to look at the reasons for this injustice and then here's what I want to get to. So what do I do in the meanwhile? As a believer, as someone seeking meaning in life, trying to find my place, how do I put myself in this world and come out on the other side with joy? Is it even possible? So let's, let, let's head into this. The reality of life is unfair. The first thing he notes is he says, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Criminals goes, goes unpunished. Have you noticed that? Well, they picked it up 3,000 years ago. This is not a new thing. Alright? And he says the reason is because there's such a long time for justice to happen. And so people keep on committing crimes. It's not a new thing. It's not just South Africa. Number two, the oppressed are unhelped. And behold, the tears of the oppressed. And there, there was no one to comfort them. You know, over a million Christians get martyred every year. And, and more than that, a million dies in the process. Every year. It's not fair. Number three, politicians are unethical. Alright? There's an evil that I've seen under the sun as it were, an error proceeding from the ruler, folly is set in high places. In the message, it just says, stupid people get high positions. That's what he's trying to say in a polite way. 3,000 years ago, this is not new. Alright, this is an old thing. Number four, good people are unrewarded. There's a vanity that takes place on earth that there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. He said that this is also a vanity. 
By the way, massive application for you. If you love the Lord, maybe you're a small group leader, or maybe you're new around here, maybe you're on staff. You cannot fix injustice for every person. Did you know that? That's what takes God's people to burn out. There's certain things that just can't be straightened out. You need to rest in this world in the way it is in a certain way. I'm not talking about your eternal satisfaction and peace in God. I'm talking about the fact that this life is bent and broken. If you're going to spend your life trying to straighten that out, you will end up in burnout. But there's another thing I want to tell you around this point, because this is going to be you if it's not you already. There's times when you're going to sow seed of faithfulness and you're going to reap injustice. Alright? There's times it's going to happen. Let me tell you what in eternity you will reap that righteousness back. But let me tell you what, this world will take you to a place in your faith, especially when this happens, and as you open your eyes trying to find, just navigate through life, you will reach the boundaries of your faith when it comes to this. It will take you to the end. But if you trust God, it's going to shift your boundary out. It's called growth. Good people are unrewarded. Number five, we know this. Capable people are unsuccessful. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift. The fastest person don't always win. Nor the battle to the strong. Nor the bread to the wise. Nor the riches to the intelligent. Nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. For a man does not know his time. Like a fish. One moment you're there, great stuff. Next moment you're in a net. Capable people are unsuccessful. You know what? You get a cold or flu the day before you have to run the Olympics. It happens. It's a bad, it's a raw deal. You can be brilliant in this life. And God gives you a moderate life. You can be very irresponsible with a bad character and you can inherit bullets. It's just how this world works. Isn't that true? Listen to this. In America, the top boxers, right, the sport, earn more than the president. This world is weird. People, the worst examples in the world, the worst examples in the world, the people you don't want your kids to ever meet or see. They are the stars on MTV. That's how it works. Capable people sometimes don't get into the positions of influence. Life is not fair according to our measurements. Just to summarize those five points, there it is. All right? The reality is it, just how it is. It's life is not fair from our point of view. Do you agree with me? Alright, take your mic in front of you, Tanah Borshel. But now the question is this what is the reasons for injustice? There's something here that doesn't seem to fit. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Now, if God is righteous, it means he's always right. So that means that in the fullness of time, there will be no injustice. It's almost like a puzzle. It's like you, you see that this is really a weird piece until you see where it fits in. And there's that ah moment. All right? 
But right now where we're standing, it's safe to say that life seems impossible. Oh, sorry. Like it's unjust. Now, there's five reasons why we are where we are. And this is very important because we're working to how do I set myself up in this place? Number one, sin was birthed into mankind. Guys, this is, you know what the implications of this is? I was both forth in iniquity. Check this out. That means that you were born with the ingredients for every type of sin imaginable in you. Alright? You were born with the ability to become a drug addict and kill your body. You were born with the ability to be an adulterer. It, it was, it was, it's in your fabric. Sin, sin comes as a package. Alright? This is going to be weird, but it's the truth. You were born with the ability to become homosexual. They say, they defend it, no, I'm purposed to be that way. No, 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 you're never purposed to be a murderer, which you also are born with the ability to become. You are born with the fabric of sin in you. Does this make sense, if I put on the next slide, that criminals go unpunished, that the oppressed are unhelped, that the politicians are un Does this make sense? Of course, and it's in our fabric. This is where we are. This is where we live, people. But here's the cool thing. I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandment of the Lord, your God, which I command today, and the curse if you do not obey the commandment of the Lord, your God. But turn aside from the way that I'm commanding you today to go after the gods you have not known. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. God could take away the sin in the world by doing two things. Right? The first thing he can do is by wiping sin from the face of the earth. That will mean we are all dead right now. Everything. Nothing survives. Nothing. And sin is gone forever. But here's the thing. I've got a whiteboard. I love a whiteboard. I, I'm, busy, I'm always busy working with stuff and and on my whiteboard, there's 24 names of people that play rugby at our rugby club that don't know the Lord. Their names are on that board. When I come into my room, I put my hand on that board and I pray. If God destroys sin right now, destroys all of us and every person alive on this planet, what about the people on my whiteboard? You see, He wants sons and daughters. He wants sons and daughters. What about your mom and dad? What about your colleagues? Who are you praying for? Who's the people on your whiteboard? The people you're making supplications for before God? Who are you praying for? God is enduring with a lot of the unfairness in this world so that people on my whiteboard might come to Him. Some of them are sitting here tonight. The other thing He could do is by taking away your freedom to choose. Right? To make you incapable of committing sin. 
But he won't because God is producing a race of tested individuals. Remember Daniel's friends? So everyone's bowing before a king. And then a few guys stands up. Well, bow. You know what happens in that moment? Love is revealed. You will love the Lord your God. God will never take away our ability to stand when everyone bows to another God. Because He's producing for Himself a race of tested individuals. And that's amazing. You know, it's at that place where the real worshiper rises up. is in the arena of sin. In the midst of injustice. Yo, but everyone is doing that. Everyone is going this way. It's in that place where Daniel and his friend stands up. So not me. We won't do it. And in that place, the beauty of Christ outshines everything. So God is bearing with us that he may have more sons and daughters and that we may choose to love him. Isn't that cool? Number three, judgment is coming. This is the reason there's still injustice. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there's a time for every matter and every work. Justice is done if justice happens eventually. You know, if God, if God was a bookkeeper, let me tell you what his books will balance. <laughs> At the end of the month. <laughs> or at the end of the financial year. I'm going to say it that way. But judgment is coming and God is patient because all over the world there's names on whiteboards. Who are you praying for? Who are you crying over? God knows about that. But here's a cool thing. Even sin, even injustice, it's a difficult question we're dealing with, but even that, is in submission to God. And so I don't know where you're at. You know what, guys? We suffer terrible things. And maybe you have been on the receiving end of receiving a whole lot of injustice. Maybe it, there was specific persecution. Maybe you were someone that's persecuting other people. It doesn't matter which child. Let me tell you what. If you come to God, He promises that all the evil that was aimed against you all the injustice that the enemy orchestrated to hit you will come and serve you into a better place in your life. That's what Scripture says. I will make all things work together for those who love me. But here's the thing. Terrible stuff will happen in this world to all of us. I don't care who you are. One day your, your parents will also die. Or God forbid your children. Someone will get sick. This is the world we're in. Even if you run away, the thing is, are you going to be alone when that happens? Are you going to make that suffering, that trials in this world, that in any case happens, are you going to cause it to serve you? Trust God. Trust God. And it will become your servant. Sin will wash your feet as it submits to you in justice. Amen? So be strong. God uses sin because the greatest sin of all time was what? It's the greatest sin ever committed in the whole world. 
When they killed, they killed our perfect Savior. Put him on a tree, hit him full of nails, mocked him, spit on him. He died. Greatest sin ever committed. Satan thought, he's got this. God said, no, it will serve me. So God says, I will turn it around. Look unto him. Look unto him. Don't look away. Endure, guys. Check this out. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. And blessed are all those who wait for him. This is our question. Why does life seem unfair? Because it is. But wait. Wait on God. You know what's going to happen one day? This is going to be a moment. I'm telling you, if there's ever going to be one. Is he's going to come back and the whole world's going to line up. Every, every single person from every tribe and tongue. And then Christ is going to come and he's going to make his judgments. He's going to balance the books. And at that moment when he does it, you know what? Everyone's going to shout? Fair. Some's going to shout it while they cry with gratefulness, being invited into the kingdom. Me? This, this doesn't seem fair. I need to be there. No, I paid for it. It is fair. In Christ. And some will be heartbroken in the moment as they say, fair. And they must leave God forever. But it's just and it's going to happen. And everyone, no one will be able to say, you, were, you, 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 you won't be able even to think it. Your spirit's going to shout, what's happening here is fair. So even though this world is in a place where judgment is on hold, God is fair and just. For now, endure through what is in front of you. Amen? Worship Him. Exalt in Him. Thank Him. Fight for your joy. It doesn't matter what's in front of you. You know what? He's good right now. Work through it. Because you're going to shout fair one day. In this time, number four, talking about these reasons for why we need to um, endure in this time. This is the time when the Savior is revealed. No time again in the future. No other age can the Savior ever be revealed to the lost. But you know what happens in this time? Is this revelation can happen that people turn to Christ. Life tears away at people. I've seen, I haven't been around too long, but I've seen the troubles of life breaking people down up to the point of suicide. But let me tell you what, life will tear away at people because of the nature of it. It's brutal. And then as you go through life and stuff happens and you're almost at your end and you're like, Lord, this world, and or maybe if you're not a believer at that time, you maybe shout to God, you wave your fist, you say, how's this world? There can't be a God and look at all that sin. And then there's a moment when you're very broken. And this is the, this friend you're praying for, the people on your whiteboard. God has an appointment. When you're at your last, there comes up a mirror in front of that person. And all the sin they were complaining about, worried about, they see, but it's in me also. Wow, 
It's me. And then comes the Savior. Can I save you? Can I come and pick you up from where you are right now? That is the reason God is waiting, holding back. He may have more sons and more daughters. Can we endure with Him in this time? Can we keep up our joy while He is busy doing a saving work? Isn't this amazing? Someone comes to God and maybe say, Oh, Lord, thank you for revealing yourself to me. I want to follow you. And thank you for not coming back five minutes earlier. Amen? Last one. Pain develops warriors. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured up into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who He has given us. I don't know why, but it seems like in the Old Testament they're always picking on God's people. Have you picked that up? I mean, the Israelites, oh, those guys are always in a war with someone. They just, they, they just can't set up camp and have a, 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 just a, a chilled vibes. They're always busy being persecuted. There's always this man of faith that must rise up and lead the people and God just loves it. Because he wants warriors. And so I want to chat to you in the beginning of this year and set your expectations straight. There's going to be times in this year when it's going to be really easy. You're going to feel like, oh man, worship it just happens, it comes. I'm, I'm singing my songs and, uh, and then there's times when like, I literally can't worship because I am so dry. Go to your hiding place. Go to your refuge. Go to the living waters. Because I promise you, you're going to come out stronger on the other side. But don't walk away from your battlefield. Don't walk away. You know, I see, it's, it's interesting. You guys know my story. I'll just share one or two things. We, we've got a lot of guys in our church helping with the rugby club. And God is just saving a lot of people. Um, and, and you know what? I'll tell you what, there's no character out there anymore. Someone will tell you today, one hour before church, they'll tell you, I'm getting dressed as we speak and they won't come. It's where we're at. You can't trust people anymore. There's no character. There's no honesty. There's no follow through. And then comes God, saves someone's life and he goes through hell that first two months. It's a relationship with a girlfriend he must sort out. It's turning away from sin. It's breaking old habits. And then suddenly, six months later, there stands a man with character. He can hold a job. He's presentable. Don't run away from your battlefield. That's just an example. Push through. God is busy producing something in you. If you remain faithful when unjust things are happening against you, you are just like your Savior, Jesus. So shout. Bring it on, world. Bring it on. I will remain faithful. Because I'll tell you what, God is building into your life something amazing. God wants warriors 
And He's busy with you and me. Isn't that true? The only way we can be like Christ is if evil is committed against us and we stay in the position of worship. It's the only way. We will never have that opportunity again. When the new world comes, when we enter into paradise, never again will you have the opportunity to stay faithful when unfaithfulness is manifesting against you. Never again. Never again can you be kind to a person that's being rude to you. Never again. It's only in this age while God is holding back coming. It's an amazing opportunity. We're standing in right now. Where warriors are being revealed. It's a great time to live. It's a great time to be full of joy and full of hope. It's the only time when you standing up like Daniel's friends, when everyone is buying down to another God or to giving into something, you standing up. It's the only time when someone will look from the ground and say, but there's a God that lives because of that person that's standing. When he comes, it is done. Grow as a warrior. Grow. Stay faithful. What do you do? Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself, so let me just move the slides along. Reasons for injustice. Sin was birthed in this world. And God wants us to choose to follow him, to stand up when everyone is bowing, because he's raising up warriors. Judgment is coming. In this time, the Savior is revealed. So we've covered that the reality that life is unfair and we spoke about a few reasons for injustice. You know what, guys? There's more, right? But we need books and books for that. But just to give you a handle to hold on to, what should I do in the meanwhile? This is where I want to get to. This is actually the sermon. In this world, in the setup we are, what should we do right now with where we find ourselves? I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Why is Jesus helping us with this? He's setting your expectations straight so that when the world comes against you, that you don't lose heart and that you don't become cynical. That you don't turn away. You know what? It happened to all of us. In the past, we meet God and we're up there with a high, something happens and we almost fall out of faith. Guys, stand strong. There's three reasons. Worship and thank God for the hand you are dealt, even if it seems unfair. This takes maturity. Build this into your life. Worship and thank Him for the hand you have been that. I'll tell you what. Everything about you is exactly God wanted to be. Thank, just thank Him for it. Just start thanking. You are shaped by God for God. So thank Him for the cards in your hands and don't, don't look at other people and say, but God, this is no, 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 no. Well, thank you for what you've dealt me. 
Maybe your friends have got amazing parents and maybe your heart was to have parents that can lead you in the Lord and your parents can't. You know what? Just thank God for the hand you dealt because you're going to be a great parent. Right? Maybe you like, you've got questions. Why did we have to you know, really experience a place of poverty in our home and we really struggle? Just thank God for the hand you dealt. You're alive, aren't you? So provide for others. If you can get to this point, you get to a point very few Christians arrive at. Accepting where God has placed them with what they have. If you can't get past this point, you will never be fit for ministry in any capacity. Because in your heart, you will believe that God has made a mistake or He owes you something which He doesn't. This is the first step, guys. Write this down and go and chat to your accountability partner to someone you know. Take the hand you dealt. Someone in your family's got cancer, it's heartbreaking. Pray into it, fast, anoint, pray for them, and thank God for the hand you dealt. doesn't matter where you find yourself. Amen? You've been called for a time such as this. I'm telling you, everything is preparing you for greatness. Number two, do the right thing anyway. Do you feel oppressed? Seek to help someone else who's oppressed. This is that. Do you feel depressed? Find someone to encourage. Sin says, oh, you know, everyone does it. You know what? No one will notice. And you know what? I can justify because it happens all around me. Let me tell you what. You're a warrior. So you say, I will be faithful no matter what comes against me. Amen? Worship and push through it. Just on that thing of the hand you dealt, it's one of my favorite little pieces in the Bible where Jesus speaks to Peter and he says, you know what, they're going to hang you, they're going to kill you, you're going to torture you, you're going to die. And then he turns to Christ and says, but what about John? <laughs> what about him? And then Jesus says, what is that to you? You follow me. We've got something here. I've got cards I've given you. His, his deck looks different. Even if I come and just take him to heaven, he's got nothing. I want you, when they start to torture you, just sin. It's wrong. You just, you just sing to me until you die. You just remain faithful. You just give. You, you just make sure that you worship me until your last breath go, and he will worry about his deck of cards. I love you guys a lot. I don't want to sound rude, but let me just say this. Don't pity yourself. You are really wasting your own time. Alright? Stand up. You've been given amazing grace. You are going to succeed. You're going to have a lot of tests and trials. David's anointed as king. Years later, he had to warrior himself into that position of where he's actually, heavens, this guy's ready, let's do it, let's Switch the button. He's going to be king now. It's in you. It's in you. Your destination where he sees you going, it's in you. But you have to move from self-pity. Take that deck of cards in your hand and say, this is mine. And I'm going to play it the best I can. I don't care what comes against me. I know who is for me. I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to joy and sing the hell out of this tribulation. Literally. I'm going to show the devil some praise power. 
All right? Number three, wait patiently for God's word. Because it's coming. Stay faithful. Don't turn away. Don't take the bribe of the enemy, even if you have to wait until you pass through the gates. Then do it. Eternity is long. So that's why Paul, when he speaks about death, he says, when I'm going to die, I'm going to shout, gain! Sorry, family, I love you guys, but gain. There's pipes in my nose and stuff is happening all around me and I wish I'd lived, but you know what, gain. I want to miss you guys, not too much, but gain. Worship and thank God for the hand you dealt. Do the right thing anyway. And wait patiently for God's rule. Listen, I didn't plan this, but I'm just hearing a lot of stuff that's going on with getting another group started with the students. You know what? Just just collect everything that's happening in your life, in your heart, whether it was, you know, struggling with poverty or being treated unjustly, and, and just go and love those students. Just go and do it. Just go and give them the hand that you wish you were being dealt from a place of worship unto Christ. And you'll see that campus turn. Before it manifests in your life, just go and give it. And allow God to do something. Because your healing is probably in that. Can we stand up this morning? I don't want to be long. I just want to excite you and go back to Secunda. There was a, um, there's a, there's a young man that's um, doing our ministry training program in Stellenbosch at the moment. And um, he came from a, from a ministry background somewhere in Holland. And, and he was explaining something to one of the pastors. And uh, there was really a lot of resentment around this area. And it was, it was a blockage for him. And this pastor gave him the best advice. He said, if you want to experience the blessing of God, for your life now and going forward, you're going to have to do one thing. You're going to have to move where you are right now in your mind. If you don't move, you're going to be blocked for what God wants to do in your life. And that's what Scripture says, as old news, Romans 12, is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When it comes to the injustice in this world, when it comes to wrong things happening and sin bursting in your life from different directions, you're doing the right thing and you're reaping something else, let me just tell you that. Just move from where you are here and start blessing. Start caring. Even if no one cares for you, which can't be true in a lovely church like this. Start by giving kindness. Just move from where you are. And you know what, guys? Maybe tonight you are here and you've been really rolled by life. Maybe you knew in this place and someone dragged you here and you didn't want to come. I'm glad you are here. This, I want to be very honest with you. God owes you nothing but he wants to give you the world God owes it to no one of us 
to forgive our sins. But it doesn't. And so move from where you are. What is the greatness you can move into this morning? If He moves you, where can you end up? And so the position to take our hearts, a place to start is a place of brokenness. And saying, Lord, you know what? I don't even deserve to have any cards in my hand to start off with. Yet I've got friends. Maybe you still have a parent that's alive. Lord, why? Maybe you have a job. Lord, why do I have, I deserve nothing. Now you're moving to the right place. Positioning yourself for impartation from God.